Welcome into FCC Talk. I am your host, John Rhodes, Children's and Family Minister here at First Christian Church. And today we have student minister, uh, the the man with all of the fun games ideas and everything else that goes on that is crazy here at the church, CJ Mustin. How are you doing, CJ? I'm doing great. How are you, John? I'm doing great. Hey, if you are watching us for the first time, be sure to like and subscribe to this video so that way you can be notified when we post more videos. And it also helps other people see our video as well when you do that. We greatly appreciate that. If this is your first time watching FCC Talk, welcome. We started doing this last week with Dan Stribling. And what we really want to do is we we just want to bring some uplifting conversation, some, you know, ministry-minded uh, uh, conversation to, to everybody out there. You know, there's all kinds of podcasts you can listen to. And it seems like there's so many political things and there's so many things that can get us upset or what else. And, and, you know, we're not going to talk politics here. We're just going to talk about kind of some, some current events that's going on in Christianity in the Bible and ministry. Uh, we'll talk about ministry insights. We'll bring it into our personal lives a little bit. Uh, so if you feel like you don't know us very well, but you go to church here, then maybe you'll get to know us a little bit better um, and, and some Bible, but it's not really meant to be a Bible study or a sermon or anything like that. This is really just meant to be some good, wholesome conversation with uh, with me and some of the other ministers and, and maybe at some point guests as well from from the church overall. Uh, so So we are hoping that you enjoy it. Today, we are going to start with our first topic of conversation, which is AI. Jesus. Yes, AI Jesus. It is artificial intelligence. If you don't know what AI means, artificial intelligence, there is a new app out there called Chat with Jesus. And basically, you can get on this app and have a pseudo text message conversation with Jesus. I've not used it yet. Uh, and I don't know if I will. So CJ, will you be chatting with AI Jesus anytime soon? You know, it was a really interesting article, um, and an interesting concept. Uh, I don't think that I will personally be using it. Um, I thought it was interesting that you could chat with multiple characters from the Bible, um, including Jesus. Um, but the, and I'm, I'm not saying God can't talk to us in multiple ways. Um, and I'm not saying God can't, can't use this. This is something that maybe God could use. Uh, but it, it just seems, I don't know a whole lot about AI and I'm pretty leery about AI in general for the most part. I mean, we have like a Google at our house and stuff, but a Google home, but, um, but I doubt, doubt I will be using this. Yeah, I agree. I thought it was really interesting that it lists some of the people it lists on here is the Virgin Mary, the apostles, the prophets, uh, such as Moses, Jonah, um, the Hebrew kings like David and Solomon, uh, Adam and Eve, the patriarchs. I mean, it kind of li- it, it lists a lot of people from the Bible. That, you know, yeah, it you does. Talk with. And I thought it was kind of an interesting idea, but I have to say, I am always a little leery, and I know that 
you know, they set up the algorithm with like reading the Bible and stuff like that. And so, you know, maybe, you know, I'm not saying they get it from anywhere, but that, but I'm always a little leery when things try to speak for God, mm-hmm. you know, cause I agree with you, CJ, I, you know, God can speak in many different ways. I don't, you know, I, maybe he will use this for good. I have no idea, but I don't know if God needs a new app on the app store to do that. You know, I think he's been speaking to us and uh, influencing us and doing those things for hundreds of thousands of years. And I always just go back to you and say, we have the Bible, you know, Mm -hmm. why do we need to create new ways for the Bible to speak when we already have, you know, God's word to us as well. So I think that um, there is some benefit in finding new ways to reach people that maybe won't pick up a Bible. Um, but this one seems a little, I don't know. Uh, the, the thing in the article that I guess caught me most off guard was that you can turn on the talk to Satan mode and have a conversation with Satan. That just seems... <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Dangerous, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And I was, I was reading that uh, just before we got on because I wanted to make sure I refreshed myself with with what it said. And uh, their whole thing was, you know, well, you can turn this off and on at any time, you know. And so, um, and my whole thing is like, you know what? We can also do our best to turn our sin off and on at any time. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you know, we are fallen fallen people and don't always get it right so you know who knows maybe uh, maybe somebody's turning on because they're tempted to i have no idea i i probably sound like i hate technology here uh but uh, i don't you know i run i, I run I the live stream well for the church you don't hate technology <laughs> i run the live stream for the church I'm, I'm starting a podcast for us uh and i just i have always been like i said i've always been leery of people trying to create ways to speak for Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the things, and I'm not, this is one of these things that, you know, don't take this as gospel. This is just a John opinion. If you like this, go for it. Uh, I, but just for me personally in my life, I have always strayed away from like the Jesus calling books, um, those kind of devotionals. Again, not saying Nobody should use them and that you're wrong if you use them. If you use them and you love them and they help you with your relationship with God, great. But for me personally, I've always thought to myself, I would rather get the direct message, you know, (laughs) from the Bible rather than somebody writing as if they are Jesus trying to speak to people. And yeah, I don't know. What What do you think about that, CJ? I think it's a a matter of finding the best way that you can possibly connect with Jesus. Um, And as long as it's, um, as as long as it's scripturally based and you can, you find yourself deepening in a relationship, you find yourself challenged in some areas of life where you need to improve and uh, be more loving, step away from some of those sins and temptations uh, and follow God more fully. Um, I, I think finding the thing that 
where you connect with God best, as long as it's scripturally based, is is my big thing. That's very true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, remain consistent with scripture. However, we're not all the same, so we don't all operate the same exact ways. So I like that, CJ. Yeah. All right, moving on to our next topic. Our next topic, this is an article from the Gospel Coalition. We featured the Gospel Coalition last time. Uh, I just really, really like that website. I go there often to read articles and things like that. I'm not a big book reader. You know, I I, I guess as a minister, I should be because it seems like every minister is reading books all the time. Uh, but I, I really like listening to podcasts and reading articles and stuff. And uh, so who knows? Maybe someday I will graduate from Gospel <laughs> Coalition articles to actual books, you know. <laughs> but this article is all about Christians and social media. And I tell you, it was kind of a dark article about social media, talking about how social media's role in our mental health crisis and talking about how, uh, and I know we said we weren't going to get political, but I'm just referencing things here. We're not talking directly about them, but you know how Montana has, um, has banned TikTok and the state of Arkansas has made it i think it's not just tiktok but all social media you have to have parental uh af- parental what's the word affirmation or whatever it's called uh to actually create an account and so the whole idea of social media kind of making us more anxious making us more fearful more outraged and stuff like that is is out there a whole lot more it's interesting uh what what has your experience with social media been and how do you utilize it in your life, CJ? So, um, I've never been like hardcore on social media. Uh, I've been always a little bit behind the game. Um, I, I have a Facebook page that I use for, uh, my personal Facebook page I use for ministry purposes and, and of course, occasionally a, a personal post, but really not very often. Um, and then I have a, a ministry Facebook page. Um, but outside of that, I don't have a whole lot of personal social media. I don't get on social media a whole lot myself. Um, and it's just, it's not that I think that it's a bad thing necessarily, because I've seen a lot of good come from it. Granted, anything that that is good can also be bad as well. Um, but, but I, I personally just have not had a whole lot of experience with it. So. Have yeah, I noticed, uh, yeah, for me, um, I was never all that big into social media, uh, growing up. So I, you know, I had a Twitter, I think I had a Facebook. Um, I may have had an Instagram at one point. Um, but, you know, I didn't have a whole lot of social media. I mainly just used it because my friends used it and kind of interacted with them on there. But I tell you, about two years ago, two years ago, I started a Twitter page where I decided all I was going to talk about was sports. That's all I was going to talk about. You know, um, I wasn't going to get political. I wasn't going to do any of these things. I said, you know what? I just, I don't have a lot of people in my in my life that I talk sports with, but I love sports. And so I'm just going to, you know, get on social media, create an account and just start talking sports with people. And uh, now it has gotten to the place where I actually make some money on the side with social media. That's Uh, awesome. 
So yeah, I started a TikTok page last year and I was able to kind of start making some money from that. Um, Twitter has started paying people. So I to kind of make a little bit of money. I mean, it's nothing exorbitant. It's not, you know, I'm not, it's not even a part-time job worth of money. <laughs> so, you know, it's not every it's not, little bit helps though. Right. 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 And uh, so I guess I would be considered an influencer. I feel far from being an influencer, uh, <laughs> but I do make a little bit of money here and there from it. And so that's kind of nice. But I remember talking to Hannah about when I first started being on social media more and gaining kind of a following and stuff. And her big thing was like, I don't want you to ever compare, you know, what you're doing to other people. I don't want you to ever feel like, you know, this is your main source of community, you know, just kind of some of that stuff. Not that I was doing that, but she was just kind of, you know, our, our spouses, uh, do a great job of, of holding us accountable and making sure that we talk through those things. And Hannah does a wonderful job of that, but just, uh, making sure that I remembered, you know, this started as a fun thing. I'm not going to try to make a ton of money from it or anything like that. This started as a fun thing and yeah, sure. Making a little bit of money from it is a benefit, but, um, but I've always had to keep those kind of safeguards in my mind. Um, and I actually, about a month before Jack was born, uh, my son who is, Oh goodness. Tomorrow he'll be three months old. Um, but about a month before he was born, I decided I was just going to get off social media altogether because I was starting to kind of develop some of those things. I was starting to be a bit too concerned with, you know, Mm. were people liking my stuff? You know what? Uh, I got into an argument on Twitter, you know, like some of the stuff. And I thought that's not what any of this is supposed to be about and so I actually I did take a break for a little while and I think that's the most important thing with social media is we remember to guard ourselves from the bad things that can happen because like you said there could be a lot of good from it um, but there can also be some bad things from it and we have to be willing to say this is not my life this is not you know everything that I where I get my information from I have a life outside of this uh, that is much more important and uh, to to focus more on that than than anything else. Have you seen that very much in uh, people um, that you know or anything, CJ? Um, yeah. Not asking you to judge anybody or anything, but just your thoughts on on that, I guess. No, I I do think that um, people kind of tend to get lost in that social media. They can. Um, but I, but I've also experienced the other side of things, and and I don't know if it's just my, I'm not on it quite as much, um, but I've experienced more the community aspect where uh, a lot of my friends are part of the church, and so mm-hmm. um, when I'm struggling or our family is going through something, um, we've experienced that level of connection even when we can't be physically connected and um the powerful tool that it can be in encouragement and showing people christ and showing them christ's love um and so i've i've been more experienced in that area i've never really gotten into huge arguments and there are there are a lot of 
posts that I do see when I'm on where I'm like, all right, you're probably getting a little bit too, too deep into this. Uh, and I, I just kind of keep scrolling. Uh, but my heart breaks for those people that, um, like you can scroll through the pages and you can see, um, the, the, the different struggles with social media and the different, uh, you know, threads that are being spoken at that time, whatever they may be. And, uh, right. the buy-in to those and the spreading of those. And so, right. uh, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why it's so important for the church to appear on social media. You know, like yes. I try to make at least one post a day from the church, yes. whether it be a sermon quote or a Bible verse or something, because I feel like people do need that kind of positivity and stuff. And I, I have had multiple people tell me that they don't purposely miss church because they can watch online, but they feel like, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm trying to say it to, so it doesn't sound like people are skipping church to watch online, <laughs> but pe- people have kind of told me that like, even if they miss church, they can still feel connected. I Absolutely. guess is the best way to put it because Absolutely. they can watch the service you know, they can kind of be there. If an announcement is made, they don't feel like they missed out on something. Uh, you know, the plug for the week, if it was funny, they can <laughs> remember it and reference it or or whatever. Um, and so I think there's a lot of value in that kind of stuff that mm-hmm. we can have. That And also, you know, I know podcasting isn't a social media platform, but, you know, that we can Mm-hmm. Kind of have these podcasts and do this stuff. And if you watch on YouTube, you can comment and say, hey, I really liked this article or whatever Absolutely. else. And you might have somebody respond to you. So I do and think I, I, that's a great point that there is so much being fed out there that is negative. Um, it takes someone entering in and making it positive to make the change. And so that that's a great point, man. I, I appreciate you making that point. For sure. And and I actually kind of got that point a little bit from this article here because mm-hmm. it was talking about the new categories of Christian social media users. And it was talking about, you know, like, so if you're on social media a lot, you've probably heard some of these terms. If you're not, that's okay. Uh, we'll try to explain them a little bit. But um, they, they talked about discipleship through content creation. So content creation mm-hmm. is basically just making a post. Um, some, you know, could be as simple as three words, you know, could be a whole article, (laughs) but discipleship through content creation that you are intentionally trying to disciple people for Jesus by posting things that are uplifting for God and help people connect with them, which kind of what I was talking about with the sermon quotes and the Bible verses and stuff. Absolutely. Um, They were talking about replacing influencers with missionaries you know, kind of making it like your mission a little bit to be on social media and spread the gospel, you mm-hmm. know? Now, I think that is uh, a, a bit easier than, you know, moving to Africa and uh, learning a new language and translating the Bible, but, you know, it doesn't mean it's any less important um, right. than doing that. So, um, so yeah, but, and then, you know, and then it just keeps talking about like, being sure that you're being positive for Christ mm-hmm. on there and loving people through their struggles. So that way, when people do comment or make posts, you know, like you were talking about, um, we're there for them. 
that. Right. And, and making sure that they know that. Because right. I think people are willing to be vulnerable on social media sometimes, but they're not yeah. always willing to be vulnerable in person. Have you ever experienced right. that, CJ? Absolutely. Um, yeah. I think people are willing to be more vulnerable on social media. Um, and um, it's so vital that we support in the midst of that vulnerability. Um, yeah. Right. And what's it say? And uh, I'm forgetting the exact verse quote. Like I said, this isn't a, uh, a sermon or anything like that, but you know, in the Bible, it tells us to weep with those who weep and Absolutely. rejoice with those who rejoice. And, you know, that's one of my things that I always have to remember is that it doesn't say, you know, evaluate their weeping and then weep with them. If it's right, correct. you know, it just tells us, you know, basically, be there for those people. You know, you can sort out some of the other stuff later on, but if somebody is hurting, if somebody is going through something, you know, make sure they know that you're there for them. Uh, Absolutely. And willing to be there. So, so yeah, really, really good stuff there. Any, any more thoughts on social media, CJ? I don't think so. I, I think just encouragement to, to use it and be positive in the midst of, of using it. So support, support the people that that you're friends with on social media and draw them into Christ. For sure. For sure. All right. Our last article, uh, this one is from Barna again. Uh, we did a Barna car, Barna article has almost said barnacle. <laughs> <laughs> we did a Barna article last week about people not of faith, having faith conversations. And this week we have an article from Barna about what is the role of the church, what pastors and non-Christians have to say. So you kind of have this stark dichotomy here of mm -hmm. pastors and non-Christians. So uh, all of this was taken back in 2020. Uh, so the article was released, it was released in May of 2023, but all of this data was taken back in 2020. And they have a number of, a number of uh, uh, things listed here. Uh, so I won't go through I won't go through all of them, but essentially there were a lot of differing opinions between pastors yes. and between uh, between the uh, non Christians, and there there's even Christians on here too. So so I'll hit a couple, and then uh, CJ, if you want, if there's a couple that you think are important to point out, then then we'll let you hit a couple too. But uh, I think the top one, the very first one, the role of the church is to tell others about Jesus. All of adults in 2020 were 50-50. <laughs> Every adult in 2020 was 50-50. Uh, Christians were 58%. Non-Christians were 30%. And pastors were 84%. What's your reaction to that, CJ? It seems like, uh, man, that... Those numbers seem low. I even on the even on the pastor side of thing, I know eighty five percent is high, but it seems like that's that's the whole point of the church is to draw people into Jesus. Uh, it, it seems like <laughs> those numbers should be a little bit higher uh, to me. But yeah, when I saw how far this bar was here, eighty four percent, I thought, man, that's. That's crazy how much higher that bar is. But then I didn't even think of, like you said, like, okay, but 84% is still a little low. <laughs> yeah. 
it's like what that means 16 percent of pastors think that their church is uh has a larger purpose that has a purpose other than drawing people closer to jesus so and not even like a greater purpose but it's you know, the, it's not saying what is the singular role of the church. Like it's going through roles of the right. church, yeah, but saying the role of the church is not at all to tell people about Jesus. I don't know. I, I'm with you. It's like, that's our main job, you know, right. is to, to not just tell people with our words, but to tell people with our actions, to tell people with, um, you know, how we treat them and those things. So um, I guess I can understand if somebody was, saying well no i couldn't understand that either so (laughs) the one under it is help christians grow um which in my mind would be well if you're not telling other people about jesus then you're you know helping the people who already know jesus you know henceforth the christians uh 53 of u.s adults said that 62 percent of christians so four percent higher said that 32% of non-Christians, so 2% higher from the non-Christians, and 75% of pastors said that is a role of the church, is to help Christians grow. What do you think about that, CJ? Uh, the, those top two seem like the main main roles of the church. Um, and, you know, if you're, if you're telling others about Jesus and you're helping Christians grow, um, you look down at those other ones in the list, they all kind of fall into that. I mean, if if you're helping Christians grow and you're telling others about Jesus, then naturally you're going to practically assist those that are in need and provide hands-on help and mm-hmm. teach and serve children and care for the elderly and widows. Like, um, There's even more so down here. Again, those numbers seem low to me. Um, so. Yeah. Was there any other one in particular that caught your eye when you were looking at it or anything? The, uh, the none of the above. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. The, the 26%, uh, the church serves no purpose that 26% of, I think that's non-Christians. Yeah. Um, think that that's well, and, and even the 12% and the 6% of, what are the is that Christians and so the the twelve percent is U.S. adults and then the six percent is Christians. I mean that's that's a uh, that's pretty staggering to me. Right, that they would just say there's no right no role there's no role for the church. And I you know we have people from our church listening to us right now. I would I would say if you are just so happen to be one of these six percent of people that you say the church serves no purpose um uh, boy i would encourage you to come talk to to me Absolutely. or cj Please or come Chris, talk to us. um and, and ask questions uh even if you just want to sit down in our office and share your opinion uh whatever it might be because boy they're not just from scripture but just in everyday life as well things we can see uh that the church can do uh, mm-hmm. for people and to help them and to serve God, um, boy, there there are so many things. I know it's only six percent, so uh, we might not have anybody uh, listening to us that thinks that. But but man, it's uh, really really crazy um, to think about. The other one that I was kind of surprised about, CJ, 
was this uh oh, i can't highlight it but you might see where my mouse is this form a close-knit community for christians i was kind of shocked to see them as low as they are 33 percent for u.s adults 35 percent for christians 29 percent for non-christians and only 38 percent of pastors you know i have somebody that i have always subscribed to the whatever you want to call it, theory, theology, belief system, whatever it might be, that God created us to be in relationship with one another. Yes. And I always, you know, in my mind said, where should we find relationships and community with more than any place else, you know, to support our lives and to support each other is the church. And I'm just, I'm shocked to see those numbers as low as they are. Am I missing something here, CJ? What do you think? Uh-oh. You do it again. Sorry, guys. My mic keeps coming in and out here, so I apologize if I lose it. But You're good. Uh, Go ahead. I, I, uh, I'm wondering if the people answering these questions uh, are not feeling the community of the church. I mean, obviously... Mm. Um, the church is not perfect. And so I'm wondering if, uh, if they're just not feeling that community. And my hope is that if, if you're listening to this again, you don't feel the community of the church, come, come talk to us because we want to make this place a place where you are, are loved and welcome and, and feel like you're home. I mean, that's our, that's our mission statement, guiding people home. We want this to be a place of community for you. Right. So we want to find the place where you connect best. Um, and so, yeah, I, w- I was surprised by that and wonder how much of that is they don't think that's a role of the church. And how much of that is jadedness by saying, I've never felt community at a church. So how could that possibly be a role of the church? That's true. That's true. I, and I was actually, as you were saying that, thinking about that for pastors. Uh, so if you've never been a pastor, if you've never been related to a pastor, even if you have been related to a pastor, you might not know. Um, but for many pastors, and I'm sure CJ and I can speak to this uh, from somewhat of experience, not saying it's happening for us now, but sometimes for pastors, it can be really, really hard to feel like you are a part of the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know that sounds crazy to some people because they say, well, you are at the church working every day. You are visiting people from the church, you know, like, <laughs> like how, how does that happen? And I think one of the reasons why it does is because it's, you know, if we get too caught up in the job side of it, if we get too caught up and this is my job and, and I'm working to satisfy my employer or whatever, um, it can get rather difficult, uh, to, to see it as your community of people that you're close to and some churches, and I'm not saying this about our church at all. I, I think our church is so healthy and I oh, greatly appreciate people here and, and how we operate. Um, you know, one of the healthiest churches I've ever been a part of. But absolutely. Um, sometimes if your church isn't healthy, you know, your pastor can kind of turn into the, you know, the sounding board for all the complaints, all the things going on that people are unhappy with. Um, and, and that's hard uh, for a pastor to go through. 
Um, I mean, imagine you were in a customer service and you were told to find community with all the people that call in to complain about their problems to customer service. Like that wouldn't be much community there. Yeah. Not a lot there. So um, I don't know, CJ, you have anything to, to add to that? Like I said, it's not, not with our church. Our church is healthy and I appreciate our church so much. I, I feel uh, connected in a part of this, this community for sure. sure. Um, But I, but yeah, I agree. Pastoring can be a lonely job and we've had those moments uh, as a family where um, yeah, we have had difficulty connecting for sure. Right. And um, that's why it's important that pastors kind of connect in the community and support one another and stuff like that. I know CJ and Chris are involved in uh, what's it called? Masterminds. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like kind of like a book group every week yep. where they talk about some of that stuff. Uh, see, uh, me and Chris are also involved and Dan as well in Toastmasters. Uh, I think there's one other two, a couple other pastors in there right now uh, that we are connected with. So that's, that's nice. Um, but, but yeah, I don't know if everybody uh, knows that that's something that goes on. And maybe if you go to church here, you don't even know that goes on because like I said, that doesn't, at least for me and CJ doesn't really happen here. Um, and I think that, uh, that's uh, something I appreciate about our church. So, yeah. all right. Well, that's, that's all of our topics. We'll get into kind of our, uh, I guess, more relational time now and uh, ask, ask CJ here, CJ, what are you eating? What are you watching? What are you reading? Is there anything going on in your life right now that you're interested in that you want to tell the people about? Oh, man. Um, as far as eating, we are uh, trying to eat as healthy as possible. Um, we just Any harvested new dishes, a- new recipes or anything like that you're trying? We just harvested a whole bunch of grapes and made some some grape jelly, which I know has a ton of sugar in it, not super healthy. Um, but there is a, uh, a salad that we have had recently that has a tahini dressing that you make that is a really, really stellar. Um, so we've, we've liked that. Um, we raise our own chickens, so we eat tons of eggs. Um, so we eat eggs every way you can think of them. Uh, we make a lot of egg tacos, hard-boiled egg tacos, scrambled egg tacos, um, and, uh, just fried eggs, regular eggs. Um, we eat a lot of chicken meat and turkey meat. And, um, so we try to grow as much of our own stuff as possible. Uh, as far as, uh, what we're watching, um, we've been watching, uh, it's an older show. Um, but we've been watching the show Sherlock recently. Oh, I watched that BBC show. Uh, Mm -hmm. great, great take on an old Sherlock Holmes story, bringing it into a new world. And, uh, and so that's been, that's been a lot of fun. Kirsten and I have been watching through the seasons of that and, um, yeah, just got done with state fair, uh, showing our chickens there. The kids did an awesome job. Um, two of our kids got reserve champion for showmanship. And then one of our turkeys got grand champion. So, we're coming off the showing season and and uh, and entering into the soccer season and gardening season and um, so we got a lot going on, but we're just having a blast as a family. Sweet, sweet, that's awesome. Yeah, I was at the state fair the other day. Had me uh, had me uh, some 
uh, fried Oreos, and uh, so a lot of lot of sugar in that. A lot, nice. lot worse than uh, jelly, but you know it's once a year. <laughs> so, uh, so I, I enjoyed that. Um, of course, you know I'm a sports guy. I uh, I just finished a documentary on Netflix um, called Swamp Kings, and it's all about the Florida football team and how they won uh, some national championships and that stuff. Um, you don't like coarse language, it's probably not for you because it is a football show and they're in the locker room with, you know, the football players, you know, having their colorful language <laughs> and stuff like that. So if you don't like, you know, colorful language, it's probably not for you. Um, but I I, uh, I really like football, so I was able to get through it to kind of learn about the story. So, so yeah. Uh, and our last thing, CJ, is there a Bible verse or anything that has just been prevalent in your life right now that maybe you've just been thinking about, or even just something you read this morning, doing a daily devotional or something that really impacted you? Anything like that? Uh, for and this kind of ties in with what we've been talking about, but um, for me, I I come back often to this verse where um, in in John, when Jesus is spending his last night with his disciples he's just washed their feet and he says i've given you an example um go and do likewise a greater commandment that i give you uh that you would love one another and by this all people will know that you are my disciples if you show love for one another and so just uh that encouragement for myself to just continually how can i best show the love of jesus to those i come into contact with so how about you, for John? Sure. For sure. Uh, yeah, for me, I, you know, it kind of reminded me of the verse I have hanging on the wall in here, the John 412, you know, we are the full expression of God's love. And uh, that's just one I try to try to live out every single day, you know, kind of that challenge that, hey, you know, when people find out who Jesus is and when people look to who Jesus is, they're going to look at his creation and say, you know, who, who is that? And uh, one that I have been thinking about recently, and I know this is kind of a weird one, but uh, it's it's uh, Jesus wept. Mm. And I know everybody says, oh, it's just two words. How can you uh, think all that much about it? And I don't think it's necessarily just the two words, but it's just the context mm. of everything around it. That Jesus was willing to be vulnerable in that moment and show his emotion not just that he had emotion. I think everybody you know, knows that Jesus had emotion, but that he was willing to be vulnerable and show that emotion that people were able to recognize mm-hmm. that it was there. And, you know, so I, in my life, I'm trying to do more of that. Not like cry around people, but you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, right. Be more vulnerable, share, you know, kind of my feelings and, stuff that's going on. Uh, so that way I don't feel like I'm doing everything, uh, you know, by myself in my own mind. Cause I'm one of those people where I will internalize everything, you know, if mm-hmm. something's going on, I'll just, I'll just push it down and move on to the next thing. Uh, and it's not, not exactly healthy for me. So I need to be willing to, uh, be vulnerable and, and share thoughts and feelings and stuff like that, which, you know, is it always fun? But I need to make sure I do it so that way, yeah. So that way, I'm not. I, uh, I don't explode with everything. <laughs> yeah, because because that can happen. So, 
All right. Uh, well, hey, thanks so much for coming on, CJ, and talking through some of uh, some of this stuff. I'll have Chris on next week, so we'll get the big honcho uh, to come on and do his his recording. And that, uh, CJ, is there anything in your ministry or anything going on here at the church that you want people to know about before we head off? Uh, we have Worship Uncoiled on Sunday nights, open gym and Worship Uncoiled for students grades 6 through 12. Um, it's kicked off for the school year. It's an awesome time. Uh, so open gym meets at 5 in the gym. Worship Uncoiled starts from starts at 6 in the uh, foyer and then goes to 8. And we meet in the foyer in the worship center for that. So we'd love to have any any students grades 6 through 12 that want to join us. We'd love to have you. Awesome. And you still need meals? Uh, yeah, uh, Jennifer Branham is in charge of the meals. And so, um, yeah, she's got that all organized. I think she's still in search of some meals for the school year. Yes. Yeah. So if you uh, are free one Sunday or you're willing to do that one Sunday night to how many kids is it like 40, 50 kids or something like yeah, that? Somewhere or... around there. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so if you're willing to serve in that way and help out the student ministry, that would be an awesome thing. You can contact Jennifer Branham or just catch her on. Sunday morning, I'm sure. And she'd be, she'd love to talk to you about that. So, yeah. all right. Well, Hey, thanks everybody for listening. Thank you to CJ for being on. Hope you have a great day and we look forward to doing it next week. See ya. See ya.